handout to give you. <laughs> Don't worry, there won't be a quiz. <laughs> it's like a reference guide, Tim Urban. Would you like to help me? Yeah. <laughs> I have a word for you, Tim. You have to pass out. Here you go, guys. I mean this to be more of a reference guide. We're not going to go through all of this. <laughs> this is more of just something, a quick reference that I want you guys to have on prophetic stuff. Um, it's not comprehensive or anything, but it's fairly long. Um, this is similar to the one I handed out last time. It's got three and a half more pages, though. Uh, so there you go. Use it, don't use it, look at it, don't look at it. Throw it away, whatever. Um, we are going to be emailing this out next time. Um, I just like to have things to hang your hat on. and Just quick guide. If you guys get interested later, you have questions on prophecy, other people have questions, it's a good little thing. I don't have time to tell you how many people I stole this from, and so I'm not even going to bother. Uh, with apologies to Rick Joyner, uh, Mike Nichols, Grant Cook, uh, everybody else I stole from, Paul Anderson. You know, so I didn't even bother footnoting anything. So this is kind of fun. We started with prophecy, now we're going to talk about it. You guys like that? That good? Ah, Mary, what are you doing over there? Uh, one thing I, before we get into this, um, one thing about prophecy, when you want to walk in prophecy, we want to have a heart like Ezekiel did. We want to be able to see life in the driest and most dead places. Ezekiel was able to see an exceedingly great army where there was nothing but desolate wasteland. I thought of that for you when we were talking about Europe. To see life where there is none and to speak life where there is none. God has given us power and authority to speak life into situations, into circumstances, and into people's lives where there is none. And that's one of the things that we want to grow in as a group. Guys, I was praying all day about prophecy and what God feels about this group and prophecy, and let me tell you something. He is so excited about what we're doing. He gave me a really funny analogy. Now, don't take this the wrong way. You guys ever seen uh, Pee Wee Soccer? You guys ever watched Pee Wee Soccer? Isn't it the cutest thing in the world? <laughs> Isn't it like the funniest thing in the world? Like everybody's just running after that ball. Ball, ball. There's not a whole lot of strategy involved. Like a couple of the kids, you always know the four kids who know what they're doing because they're like, pass it, I'm open. And you're like, what are you talking about? And these little kids are just running around everywhere. This is the, the picture the Lord gave me for Communion's Haas. Like a, to give you some background, about two years ago, we really started praying that spiritual gifts would just be poured out in this group. We really pressed in for that. Now, two years later, we're here. <laughs> We've got spiritual gifts flowing. Now, we just want to know, what do we do with it? <laughs> now we got them, what do we do with it? We've got prophecy, now what? So that's what this is about. Just giving a little, you know, not laws or rules, more like guidelines. But I just want you guys to know that the, the, the heart of God is so pleased with this group and your guys' desire to hear from the Lord. Like, he is so pleased with that. I, and all day I was just overwhelmed. I mean, I finished the outline, you know, and he stopped looking at that. And he just like, all right, God, what's your heart for tonight? And he was so, I was just amazed how pleased he was. I got a picture of him, like, on the, he was both the coach and on the sideline as a fan. Paul was our coach, and he kept putting all of us in to the game. 
<laughs> when people were on the bench, Paul just kept going, go in, go in. I've never played, but yeah, go in there. It's all right, you're good. And then people coming out, and he's like, no, no, you're good. And you guys would go in, and you'd hit the ball, and you'd be like, I can hit the ball. And Paul's like, I know, I told you that. Now go in. Next person, next person. And Paul just kept putting more and more people in, more and more people in. And God was on the sideline, and he kept shouting out things to us, laughing and clapping the entire time. He's like, oh, 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 Tim's open. Go to Tim. Oh, Jay's open. Oh, go, go, go. Oh, okay, okay, shoot. Well, whatever, go, go, just go. And he was laughing and clapping the entire time. He is so happy with our desire to press in for spiritual things. Like, he is not, I didn't sense any frustration. I didn't sense any anger. I sensed nothing but joy. And he just loves it. And you know what he loved the most? And He loves that we're having fun with this. He wants us to have fun with this. You ever see... You know, if you ever watch the Pee Wee game and you see the kid who's like super serious, you're like, you're like six. You've got your whole life to be serious. Have fun. That's how I feel God is like now. He's like, guys, have fun. We're going to grow in our skills. We're going to get better. We're going to work more as a team. (laughs) But God wants us to keep having the fun. And this is where I see Communitas going. All of us are getting into that play. Paul's going to keep pushing us to do that. <laughs> He's going to want all of us to get in. Every single one of you can operate in spiritual gifts. Every single one of you can hear from God and do this. Every single one of you. No one is out of this. Everybody's in the game. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> and where I see this going is that the, the supernatural is going to become more natural in this group. Good. Okay? A lot of you have been in groups where the supernatural was, was something, whoa. I just get a prophecy. Somebody was healed, and it's almost like spectacular and mesmerizing. Everybody looks at the guy, and it's like a kind of like a superstar show. But we want to we want to go beyond that, where all of us are operating in it, and so we're thankful for it. But nobody gets nobody's a hero. There's no hero worship going on. There's no superstar because we're all doing it. That's right. We're all doing it, and we can all do it. There's no superstars here. We're all just. People who struggle to hear from God and occasionally do, and yay! That's what we all are. And I see that this group, that God pouring out more and more revelation. And I actually see us speaking both more and less words. I see sometimes we're going to say less things, but they're going to be more powerful. They're going to be at the proper timing, and they're going to release God's power and His presence. Because we're going to learn that when you get a word, sometimes you need to wait on it. There's a proper timing to give a word. There's a proper way to give a word. I was taught originally that as soon as you got something from God, you just spoke it out right there. That's the old kind of classic Pentecostal charismatic teaching is that as soon as you get something from God, you just speak it out. Well, we have since learned (laughs) through experience that that's not always the best case. Okay, so why don't you go hand hand out your, look at your outline right here. And I want to talk a lot about tonight how prophecy is actually working here at Communist House. It's so funny. I love this group. This group is great. You know what you guys do? This is the best thing in the world. When a word comes forth and we believe it's God, we know it because every one of you responds. You either all say amen, you all agree, you all you all enter into prayer, you enter into more worship. If, if the call is, you know, I, I believe we should wait on the Lord a little bit, all of you wait on the Lord. If you feel it's the Lord, you guys respond instantly. (laughs) When you guys don't think it's the Lord, or you're not sure, you know what you guys do? You don't do anything. You just sit here. (laughs) We're so Minnesota nice. It's the best thing in the world. A word will come forth, and people are like, 
<laughs> and then we're just nice and smile and like, someone else give a word. Or, Let's move on. Someone play worship quickly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Now I want to tell you something. What's happening in the group is that we as a body are discerning what fits in our family and what doesn't. What the Holy Spirit is saying to our group and what he's not. See, discernment, a lot of people think that prophetic words and these things have to be judged by just these leader types. The leaders get together and once you get a super badge, like suddenly discernment just pours out on you. But really what happens is, when, when Paul talks in Corinthians about a, a few of you prophesy and the rest judge and wait. He's talking to the entire body. He's not just talking to the elders. And already, right now, we are already discerning words. Whether you're conscious of it or not, we're discerning words. There's Occasionally, there's been some words spoken at this group. Um, there was one time we were praying for an individual. Um, he was actually very sick. He had uh, a terminal disease, and we were praying for him. And oh, someone gave a word that this man was supposed to fast for two weeks. Okay, now, as soon as he said it, most, you could feel the tension in the room. Most people in the room, so we started looking around at each other. Like, doesn't seem right. And you know what? That's exactly what the book of John says. In the book of John, it says, my sheep know my voice. You're Christians, you can hear from God. It also says, if they don't recognize, they will run away from a stranger's voice because they don't recognize it. When you guys are, when you're, you've been, you've done this before. You've been in meetings and you've heard something, and you, somebody was saying it was God, and then all of a sudden you started getting nervous inside. You know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit discerning in you something's not right here. <coughs> That's what happened in our group once, and all of us we talked to each other afterwards. We we're kind of, I was up here, you know, facilitating that night, and I was going like, ah, ah what do you do? That's weird. And I was like, go away, stop. That's not right, but what do I do? I didn't know. But all of us, we talked afterwards. We talked to Paul. We're like, Paul, what was that? And we're all just like, we're all like, that just, didn't that just feel wrong? Yeah, it did. It felt wrong. Because it was wrong. See, that's where the, that's how the Holy Spirit safeguards a group. Does that make sense? Do you guys, are you tracking with me? Does that make sense? It not only makes sense, but this is not typical. Because most groups have a small group to weigh it. And this is more biblical than a whole group can. This is good, real good math. This is what we want. We don't want to create just an elite group who judges words. Because we're the body. Because you know what happens when you create an elite group of anything? Is you stunt the growth of the rest. All of us are discerning words corporately for the body. All of us are. Hmm. Okay? Now let me give you a few helps when giving words to the group. Okay. No particular order. Okay, Adrian. Page number two. Okay. You guys are so excited about giving words. I love this. So we're just going to give a little... Like I said, these are more like guidelines than actual rules. Uh, some of you have seen Pirates of the Caribbean. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Some of the rest of you are just looking at me talking. But that's right. Okay. We'll go back to why the group may not respond to a prophetic word in a minute. Here's some helps. First thing you do, when you get something you believe is from the Lord, we want to ask ourselves, okay, who is this for? Is this for the group, or is this for me? 
There's been quite a few times during prayer time or other times, people have said out a word, and like, nobody responds. And it kind of went flat. And I talked to a few of the individuals after, they're like, I felt it so strongly, I don't understand, like, there was no impact. I was like, well, do you think that word was for you or for the group? Well, I don't know, that God's just been teaching me this thing, and he's been showing me, and then he gave me a word about it. I was like, ah, perhaps the word was just for you. See, because when we're in a group, very often God will just speak to you, personally. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So when you get a word, first thing, okay, who's this for? Is this for just for me? Which is fine. Just write it down. Or is it for the whole group? And sometimes it can be both. But it's a good thing to just ask the Lord. Is it for the whole group or just for me? Hmm. Ever thought of that? That might be one. Another way. When should I give it? When do I need to give this word? Contrary to popular teaching sometimes, you do not always have to give a word that you're given. What? You actually don't. Now, no offense to, to other teachings and other ministries that do this. I just see these things a little differently. Um, but there's some teaching that if you don't immediately deliver a word or give a word, you're, you're either grieving the spirit or you're, you're, you're polluting things. I see things a little differently. Okay, because in 1 Corinthians it says, I can't, you, when, you, when, we, when we meet together, you come together. Some of you have a, a, a psalm. Some of you have a hymn. Some of you have a revelation. In other words, they got it before they came to the meeting. Now, we love spontaneous words. Those are great. But there's also a timing thing with the Lord. And some words take time to kind of mature. So if you feel like you're getting something from the Lord, and you're like, okay, I'm getting something. Ask the Lord, okay, when should I share it? And the main thing we want to do is we want to stay in the direction that the Holy Spirit is moving in the meeting. Now, when I first started out in this, I didn't really care about where the Holy Spirit was going. I just cared about getting a word and speaking it out because <laughs> I looked pretty sweet when I did that. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it was mostly about, okay, Lord, I want to hear from you. Lord, I want to hear from you. I heard from you. Yes! And then I spoke it out, and I was like, glory! Glory, I spoke the word! And then, like, nobody would do anything or anything. I'd be like, man, this hard-hearted people. <laughs> or, I used to do openings for our Bible study, and then, you know, I'd do the announcements, and I'd give a little word, and, you know, someone else would give the main teaching. And I'd be like, I'd pray before, I'm like, what should I speak on, Lord? And then I'd go up, and every once in a while, I'd be going up there, and the Lord would be, like, kind of trying to adjust what I was speaking, and be like, no, I'm prepared, devil, stop it! And then I'd just go, and I'd speak it. And then it, I started to notice, though, that all my little exhortations were completely out of sync with the rest of the meeting. And I was like, methinks I need to re-examine what I'm doing. Because the point is, you, there, there's a level here. And some of you, we're all on different levels with, with the prophetic. Some of you have no experience with this. And all of us have to go through the initial stage, which is, the living God speaks to me and I hear him. That just made my day! Ah, that's awesome! And if you've never been there yet, or if you're still growing in that, you need to stay in that place, because that's awesome. You need to, you need to stay there. Because that is awesome. The living God does speak to you, and you hear him. Ah! That's ridiculous. That's awesome. But that's not the end of it. Because <laughs> the, the next stage is, okay, well, why is he speaking to me? <laughs> oh, he's speaking to me to build up my group or to help people. Oh, okay, that's why he's doing it. Then there's another level. Oh, wait a minute. 
God has timing for everything. There's a perfect time to do things in the kingdom. And it's not always right there. You know, like, I've been in meetings and groups where in the middle of a sermon or a middle of something, you know, dramatic is happening, someone just blurts out a word. And everyone's like, yeah, thanks for that. That was good. Bless the Lord. Now I'm totally lost. Okay? Because they were under the impression that they had to give it right there. And I'm telling you, even though, and some of you have experienced this, there is a strong, sometimes emotional component when you get a word. Sometimes your chest will burn or your heart will start pounding. Or you'll go, oh, there's something on here. I feel the presence of the Lord. That's okay. You can still wait on it. First Corinthians, it says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God is not the God of disorder, but of order. Or confusion, depending on your translation. Okay? Even though you're feeling a strong emotional reaction to a word in your heart, you can still hold on to it. The Hebrew word for prophecy actually means to bubble up, as in slow boiling, as in over time. Because sometimes words take time to mature. The first thing that I do when I get something from the Lord is I pray. I pray about it. Because we don't know what God wants to do with this word. And here's three components of a prophecy. There's the word of knowledge, okay, or a revelation, whether it comes through picture, a dream, an angelic visitation, an impression, okay? It's it's knowledge of something. Okay, you're getting some sort of revelation. The second part of it, this is on what page am I on? Whatever, just listen. <laughs> I don't know, five, six. The second part of the prophecy is wisdom. You need to know what to do with the knowledge you're getting. It isn't enough to just have knowledge. I used to think it was enough to have knowledge. I used to think the revelation was enough and I could just go with it. The problem with that is knowledge puffs up. Love edifies. If we don't have the heart of God for that person, we're going to damage them. The point of prophecy is to build them up, comfort them, and exhort them. You know what accuracy without the heart of God looks like? It's called the book of Jonah. It's called the book of Jonah. Accurate word. He did not have a heart for the people of Nineveh. Quite the opposite, in fact. I know lots of prophetic people who are extremely accurate, much more accurate than I am. But there's a hardness and a harshness to them. One of the best things you can do if you want to grow in prophecy and actually help people <laughs> is to deal with your issues. If you have wounds from the past, strongholds in your life, get healed from them. Because when you, when you prophesy through a wound or a rejection issue or a sin issue, it kind of pollutes or taints the word. I had a friend who was very deeply hurt by leadership, by church leadership. Next three months, he had a lot of words for leaders. <laughs> I believe that God was giving him words, but by the time they got filtered out of that wound and that rejection, what came out was hard, it was harsh, it was condemning, there was no life in it. And I was like, buddy, you need to, you need to stop what you're doing right now. Did you feel Matt's uh, love when he spoke to Elijah? Did you, did you feel it in uh, Jackie? Are they still here? I want to debrief him a little more. But see, that's that's what I've learned over the years, and we've learned that 
It's not just enough to have the knowledge. We want to know what to do with the knowledge. And especially if there's any words that involve correction, direction, anything negative in them, until you can sense the heart of God for someone, and until you can deliver it in a way that builds them up and doesn't tear them down, do not give the word. It doesn't matter how accurate it is. Because that's not the point. Okay, that's, that's like introductory level. I heard accurate from the Lord. Woo! And when I was young and I was insecure, I'd be like, no, it was the Lord. Well, yeah, I was the Lord, but I didn't help the person. And that's our point. We want to restore people. We want to help people. We want to build people up. Our goal isn't just to have stripes in our letter jacket and say, look, I can hear from the Lord. Woo! That's, not, that's immaturity. And we want to grow as a group. The purpose of prophecy is to build people up. That's why Paul says, eagerly desire it. Even more than speaking in tongues. Hey, I love for you to speak in tongues. I do it more than any of you. Because it builds you up. But I really want you to prophesy because that builds up the whole body. And that's what we want here at Communitas. We want everybody to be built up. So when you get words that you feel are negative in any way, whether for the group or individuals, until you can sense God's heart for it, don't give it. Okay, when you first start out in this stuff, and some people, all they kind of see is sin. Or they see negative things. Words of knowledge can be positive, negative, or neutral. It depends. It can be where you live, how many, you know, your, your name of your mom and dad. It can be the sin they're struggling in. It can be the destiny that God has for them. I was in a group in high school where this very anointed, very anointed prophetic minister literally went down the line and pointed people out and told them their sins. Because he had just read 1 Timothy, where it says, Rebuke others in the presence of all, that the rest may fear. The problem with that, no, but he was sincere. He really was sincere. The problem with that is that the context of 1 Timothy has nothing to do with that. The context of 1 Timothy in that passage has to do with elders who Paul had appointed, and they were taking over the church, and Timothy had to rein them back in. That's the context of 1 Timothy. He didn't really understand that. Okay, I'm 17 years old. This is the first thing I see. I'm sitting there, I'm going... I didn't have language to understand. I didn't have. I couldn't articulate it. I just something did not feel right. I was like, uh, but I wanted to submit to my authority. I didn't know what to do. And I'll tell you that our group, because at the time the group was really getting into holiness teachings and wanting to live for the Lord. It was. I mean, the, the motives were pure. It just got a little off. And he he was he, nobody was training him in the prophetic. He was just kind of flying, and nobody was giving him any guidance. And let me tell you, it was accurate. And let me tell you, people started towing the line. And let me tell you, holiness became real quick. Because uh, nobody was sinning. Nobody dared sin. Because if you went to the youth group, your sins would be exposed. <laughs> the problem with that. And that sound, maybe that even sounds good to some of you at first. Well, maybe people need that. The long-term result of that was fear and death. It really did. It just killed the group. It was nothing but bondage. And it was spectacular, and it was impressive, and it was supernatural, and it was accurate from God. It was on the mind of God. He had touched the mind of God, the knowledge of God, but he hadn't touched the heart of God. We need the heart of God when we're prophesying for the group. That's huge. That's huge. So whenever you're in, this, in a situation like that, okay, when, you're getting, when you're sensing negative things, until you can really build them up, really build them up, Please don't, don't, don't give that word. Okay, and it doesn't mean that God doesn't sometimes speak things that we don't want to hear. 
But even then, God wants to bring comfort. Okay. Any questions on that before I go on? Um, again, with, with the staying in the direction of where God's going, there's a direction that the Holy Spirit has for every meeting. And this takes... I didn't even know this for years and years. I didn't even know what direction. I was just like, I got a word. I'm the man. That was like my strike. I was like, oh, I can check out for the night. I got my word. <laughs> yeah, I did my good deed for the night. But really, the Holy Spirit has a direction. He has he has an agenda. And it's okay that he has an agenda because he's God. Okay? Every night, he's going in a certain direction. And he's flowing. It's like a river. He's described as, you know, rivers of living water or the wind. And he blows wherever he wills. After you get something from the Lord, say, God, does this fit with where you're going tonight? Because sometimes he gives you something, but it actually doesn't fit with where he's going tonight. Or he'll give you something, and you wait on it, and then it's like, oh, the Holy Spirit moved, and we're moving. It's okay. It's better to wait on that and hold that word than to interrupt kind of the flow of where God's going. Does that make sense? Okay, that's okay. See, here's the thing. God's really good at speaking things again. Okay, if you got a word, I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I missed it. I should have spoken. I've blown out of eternity. There's never, it'll never happen again. Ah, oh, woe is me. No. He's God. He can speak it again. No big deal. Okay, it's better to be like, oh, no, we're moving. We're moving. And here's the way it is with words. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, when NASA calculates a space shuttle launch to the moon, they actually don't calculate where the moon is right now. They calculate where it's going to be. A lot of times we're so focused on just getting a word right now, we're not focused on, okay, well, that's good, but where's the Holy Spirit taking us? Yeah, there's a direction. We want to sense where that is. That t- takes maturity. That takes discipline. That takes struggling and striving. Guys, we can do it as a group. I don't care what anybody says. People say, ah, you can't do that as a group. That's ridiculous. We can do this as a group. We can sense, because we're already sensing it. And so that's where I want to kind of aim the bar for you guys. You guys are getting words all the time. Ask him when, ask him where. Here's a couple other things. (laughs) Okay, we'll go into why people might not respond to a prophetic word. One, they can't hear it. Speak up! Some of you have such soft voices, we can't hear. You had such a good word, but we couldn't hear it first. Because your word, just shout it out. It's fine. And then we'll stop. When someone does have a prophetic word, try to, try to be quiet if you can. I know it's hard in worship. But try to speak up. When you do give words, try to keep them short and simple. Quick and to the point, if you can. Simple is better. Flowery language, while poetic, probably not the best. Simple English. I, my rule is, I want a 7-year-old to be able to understand it and a 70-year-old. I want everybody to be able to understand it. That's kind of my thing. Okay? Simple. Let's try as much as we can to maybe limit ourselves to one prophetic word a night publicly. That's not a rule. Per person. Sorry, did I say one? Yeah. (laughs) One for the group. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Jesus is done talking. No. (laughs) No. Per person. Let's try to do that. Again, that's not a rule. It's more of a guideline. But let's just try as much as we can. And the reason for that is that we want everybody to grow in this. Okay? And you may get four or five things in a night, but just ask them, okay, Lord, which one do you want me to share? And then, if you get another word and someone else has that, that's a really good time to encourage them. 
and say, I agree with that. I was getting the same thing. Then everybody gets built up and everybody grows. And that's how we know how to do it. I've been talking to some of you, and it's so funny because sometimes some of you are like, well, I didn't get the word, but I knew that someone had the word. And God, God showed them who had the word. And then they spoke it out. And they were encouraged because they're learning to hear from God. That's what we want to do as a group. Okay? Does that sound reasonable? Okay. Okay. You know, we, 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 talk, we talked about this. The word was accurate. Maybe, maybe the word was completely right. Totally accurate. Just not the right time. So Proverbs says that a word spoken in due season is really good. <laughs> totally like yeah, like golden apples or I don't know, whatever it is. It's really good, is the point. That's why I was like I was looking to say golden apples or whatever. Apples. apples of gold, it's like what does that even mean? It's really good. So an accurate word is always good, but an accurate word at the right time is really good. <laughs> okay. My biblical knowledge is just astounded all around. <laughs> I'm very impressed with that. Okay, there's also this. Sometimes you give the right word, you give it in the right time, and nobody responds. That's okay. So what? Big deal. It happens all the time. To walk in prophecy, you really need to walk in love for people. Don't get a rejection complex. Don't get a don't buy a cloak and go live in a cave. <laughs> oh, they don't they don't they rejected the word of the Lord. <laughs> No, they didn't. Or maybe they did. They were tired. So what? Ew. Let's give it again. God loves us. You've missed plenty, too. Don't worry. Here's another part. First Corinthians says that we know in part and we prophesy in part. Always remember that. No matter how astounding, profound your revelation is, how developed you've become in your gift, you only know in part. That is why we need the body. This is especially true when it comes to interpreting things. Because we all get stuff. For example, you may get a picture of something. I, I use this in the outline somewhere. I don't know where. Towards the back. What if you get, you're praying for somebody and you get a picture of a rose in your mind? And by the way, pictures come in different ways to different people. Some people see movie screens and all that. I, I literally only see like pictures. Like right now, think of a rose. Can you see it in your mind? That's what I see usually when I see pictures. Like when I said I saw Elijah with a pair of binoculars, that's what I saw in my mind. A guy, Elijah, pair of binoculars. It wasn't like a movie screen, okay? So pictures can be just as simple as that. So you see a rose for somebody. What does that mean? Does it mean that her name is Rose? Does it mean there's somebody named Rose in her family? Does it mean she really likes roses? Does it mean God thinks she's beautiful like a rose? Does it mean she smells good? What does it mean? I don't know. You're the Rose of Sharon. There's biblical. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it sounds better when you throw a Bible verse in. The point is, I don't know what it means. Ask the Holy Spirit. And here's another thing, big thing. Very often, you won't have the interpretation. If you don't have it, don't make it up. Be honest. I've done that before. I've made things. And, uh, and what that means is... Uh, yeah, you just go off flowery for a while, and they're like, you can tell you've lost them because their eyes glaze over. Because at first they're really excited. Oh, you got a picture. No, that doesn't make any sense. No. I don't really feel encouraged at all. Okay, so don't feel that spiritual pressure.
pressure. Sometimes there is in cultures, and it's like, if you have the, the picture, you better have the interpretation, too. And you feel like this pressure. No, no, no. If, if all you have is the picture, you go, I keep getting this picture of a rose. Anyone? Anybody at all? Okay? Then, so that's how God uses other people in the body. Sometimes, some people are so really good at getting revelations, and they never get interpretations. Some people never get revelations, and they always get interpretations. Keeps us humble. Because if we all had all of them all the time, we'd just be... I mean, I know I'd be. Me and Tim would be terrible. (laughs) Wait, i got to build them up. That's not right. That's not the heart of the Lord for Tim Urban. (laughs) Okay, so... <laughs> Where was I? I got derailed myself. Interpretations. Okay, interpretations are tricky. They oftentimes require you to wait quite a while. Here's an example. Uh, Floyd, the, the the older gentleman who was with here the first time I taught this, he was in a meeting once and he saw a picture. He, he looked at a woman and he immediately saw a picture of a fish on a stringer flopping around. And he's like, I'm going to have to wait on that one. <laughs> he's praying throughout the meeting, and he's going, okay, God, what's going on here? And, and God's not telling him anything else. He's not telling him. He's like, okay, Lord, when? When am I supposed to give this? How? Do I give it publicly? Do I give it privately? And he feels like he should address it publicly, and he feels like towards the end of the meeting. And he's like, okay, um, you know, I don't really know you, but is maybe God bringing you into kind of a new season and... Maybe there's a, there's a little resistance on your part to that. And everybody in the crowd starts laughing. Well, what happened is her husband and her had just agreed to go to Sweden as missionaries. And she was a little freaked out by it. That's what it was. The string was God's will. She was in God's will. She was flopping around. She's a little afraid. But she was in God's will. Now, if Floyd would have had some harder edge to him, he could have got that picture and said... Stop resisting the will of the Lord. That would not have been the right interpretation for that picture. That would not have been the heart of God for that person. Because she wasn't resisting the will of God. She was completely in the will of God. She was just a little afraid. Have you guys ever played the rainy day game? What this is, it's like, um, it's essentially, what is it like? It's like telephone, except you, you, you draw it. So what you do, like, Here's the phrase. You start out with this, and it says, Lucky charms are magically delicious. The next person gets a sheet of paper, and they have to draw it out. Okay? The next person has to write out what they think that means. Okay? So in this one, it started out, Lucky charms are magically delicious. They drew it out. So the next person wrote, Eating lucky charms gives me healthy teeth and a great smile. <laughs> so then this is that. I'll pass these around later so you guys can see. Getting a little weirder. The next thing that someone thought that meant was practicing witchcraft. <laughs> Slightly off now from where we started. Okay, so then they they witchcraft. The next thing, two witches brew a cauldron of skulls and poison to kill a a baby. Okay, a lady. Hey. So then, two witches doing their stuff to kill a lady. Very. Okay, so the yeah. So we started out from Lucky Charms are magically delicious to killing a lady with witchcraft. <laughs> Extremely funny example, which demonstrates exactly what happens a lot of times in the prophetic. It started out as a neutral word and or positive word, 
due to misinterpretation, it turned into something absolutely horrifying. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pass these around because it's really fun. That's a funny little game. But it, it, it demonstrates in a practical way the, the difficulty with interpretation and the great need to wait on the Lord and to seek his heart for somebody about that situation. Okay, and now, I do need to say this. Sometimes in interpreting, your, your, your desires can get in the way of what God's actually trying to say. Let me give you a heavy example. Um, my mother actually experienced this. If I miss any details, Ma, jump in. Uh, her, oh, my mom's right there. Oh, my mom! I forgot to introduce my mom. My mother, this is Luann, right there, everybody. And my sister, yeah, everybody clap for my mom. And my sister, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Um, they were praying for Karen, a good friend of my mother's. Her daughter had just had triplets, and one of the babies was not doing well. They were, the doctors didn't know if they were going to live or not. Her name was Gracie, and they were praying for her. And my mother received a, a vision, actually, of Gracie in a beautiful white dress, hair on her head, and bright light behind her, kind of like the sun, just radiant. So she says out this word as they're praying, and they've been praying for, you know, a while for this baby to live, and they all wanted her to live. She speaks out that, and she says, it's in a dress. kind of looks like a prom dress. And as soon as she said that, of course, they latched on it, and they said, she's going to live. She's going to live. One, another of her friends just started crying at the same time as they were praying. They're praying and they're praying and they're like, it's a prom dress. That must mean she's going to live. My mom didn't have peace about it. A couple of the others didn't have peace about it. Well, it turned out that the baby did that. So what do you do with that? Well, the vision was right. What do you think the vision was? Her resurrected body. It's Gracie in heaven. God was speaking to the grandmother saying, I've got your granddaughter. She's fine. I've got her. She's with me. But because they so wanted the baby to live, and it's so natural to do that, they jumped right away. Well, that must mean she's going to live. But see, there was no jewelry on her. She wasn't wearing any flowers, no jewelry. And the sun behind her was so bright and so intense, my mom just wasn't quite sure about that interpretation. And she said she didn't know what it meant. She just kind of spoke it out. But that kind of shows the difficulty there. That's a heavy example. But that just kind of shows. Okay. Ooh, heavy. Okay. Okay. We'll get something light here. No way. <laughs> Let's, we want to stay humble. And open to correction. <laughs> and we want to stay on our seat before we fall over on you. Okay. We also want to speak the word in the right spirit. There's been a couple times here at Communitas when people have given what I believe were accurate words, but they did them with a little bit of an edge to it. I know I did it once. Uh, frustration behind it. Anger behind it. You know, uh, some people I have seen in groups, immature uses of the prophetic, they try to control groups through the prophetic. 
Like if they feel the group needs to go in a certain direction, they'll prophesy it. <laughs> if they're really convicted about fasting the next day, sure enough, let's say it the Lord, everybody fast or you're backslidden. Whoa. Or they might, obviously they're probably going to phrase it more cleverly than that. <laughs> but we want to make sure, okay, that when we're prophesying for a group or for individuals, we don't have anything against them. That we're not angry or frustrated or bitter. Because what it does is it taints that word in us. And it really, it just hinders what God was trying to do. And we don't want to do that. Does that make sense? And I'll say, I said this the first time, I'll say this again. The main thing that God is doing when he's giving you knowledge about somebody, like he may give you really detailed knowledge about somebody. For example, in college, I was praying for a girl and uh, instantly the phrase eating disorder came into my head multiple times. Now, she didn't look like she had an eating disorder. Now, six months later, when she had lost 60 pounds, everybody knew she had an eating disorder. At the time, nobody did. I get this as I'm praying. At the time, I thought you just kind of speak everything out. The Lord very, very clearly said, don't say anything. I was like, hmm. Okay. So what did I do? I just waited. And I just prayed. We're not, the prophetic is not a time to gossip about people. It's not to look down on people. It's not to shame people. It's to restore people. It's to restore people. It's not to, to accuse people. <laughs> okay? It's not to bring accusations against people. It's to come to them in love. That's why we're doing this. That's why God... And if you want to be used in the prophetic in that way, we have to have a heart for reconciliation and restoration of people. Not to shame them or publicly humiliate them. That is not why we, we have the prophetic. That will... That just... So that's what I call background information. That background information is to break your heart for people or the group so that you can then properly minister to someone, minister life to them. Love is the best way to grow in the prophetic. The more you love people, the more you love a group, the more God can use you in that area because then you're actually going to want to be helpful to them. Okay? And sometimes, I'm going to say this, um, I think some of you might walk in this already, some of you might get dreams, um, uh, like warning dreams, okay? Or you might see things in dreams. You might get dreams about friends or family members where bad things are happening or people are in sin or things like that. That does happen. Some guy, sometimes God speaks that way. That isn't always showing you what's actually happening. Sometimes that's showing you what the devil is planning against them. So when you see, just like when you get a negative word, when you see a negative image or you see, you get a negative dream, pray against it. Come against it. Because very likely it's God showing you the plans of the enemy against that person. It's not necessarily what that person wants to be doing. It's not what that person wants to be involved in. It's what the enemy is trying to do in their life. And yes, it could be very accurate. Okay, Because I've had friends do that and they got dreams. Oh, this guy was doing this and he spoke it out and... It didn't really uh, restore the man. It just kind of turned him away. So that's the main goal for the prophetic is to restore people and groups. Any questions here before I go on? I'm not going to go too much longer because I want you guys to get in small groups and practice. Any questions? Matt, maybe you can say something about um, just 
just the grace in messing up. Ah, yes. <coughs> one, two, three, you will mess up. <laughs> oh, one, two, three, four, you will mess up a lot. <coughs> That's okay, by the way. Every other gift in the body of Christ we seem to give a lot of grace for. The first time anybody teaches or preaches, we're like, oh, they did so well. The first time somebody did a, wor- a worship leading, oh, everybody did so well. first time somebody prophesied, that wasn't right. Don't him! <laughs> okay, that's Old Testament prophecy. New Testament prophecy is not infallible. We see in part and we prophesy in part. That's the difference between Old Testament and New Testament prophecy. Old Testament prophecy, if you were wrong, they stoned you. Unless you prophesied doom and they repented. Okay, but that's the difference. Anybody who says there's no room for failure in the Christian experience, that's not the heart of God. There is a, I'll mention this, there's a difference between false prophecy and immature prophecy. Okay? Immature prophecy is usually just a matter of timing, you delivered it in the wrong way. False prophecy has to do with the motive of your heart. Okay. It talks about three kind of false prophets in the Bible. Balaam, uh, Jezebel, well, there's one of them, and Jude, and it talks about... Um, biblical knowledge is astounding tonight. Anyway, the point is, it's a heart thing. The three people who are labeled as false prophets in the Bible did, did things for a couple reasons. For profit, to gain political power, or to gain power over people. People who have hearts like that, that's where you can sort of fall into going down the false prophecy. Okay? I don't believe any of you are false prophets. I don't believe anybody has given false prophecies here. So in mature prophecy, it's fine. If you have a genuine heart for God and a genuine heart to love people and help people and to hear from God, any mistake is just immaturity. And God is not angry with that at all. Remember the analogy God gave? The Peewee Soccer League? <laughs> Peewee people, they're just trying to hit that ball. They're not really passing so much. Not really having a strategy. But that's okay. Because you got to start there. And that's where you guys are. That's where most of us are. We're all just learning how to do this. We're all just peewee. Anything else I should bring up, Carrie? That was good. That was really good. Anything else you want me to bring up? I know there's a lot more. There's so much about uh, prophetic stuff. But those are kind of the main things. Unless someone else has a question... Or anything else I'm missing that I should be bringing up. The main point, when you guys are speaking words to the group or individuals, just ask the Lord what you want him to do with it. Very, very often, he's just going to call you to pray for that person. First thing, first and foremost, pray for that person. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's like an ongoing, continual thing. Should we do groups? What do you think? Do you think God's speaking through him? Can you tell he's been walking in this for a few weeks? At least, at least three or four weeks. There's a truth here. If God gives you something, go with it. The body of Christ, we need to shore up as a group. If there are weaknesses in the group, we need to shore those up. Say, if we're weak in worship as a group, we need to shore that up. Individuals have to go with their strengths. If God gives you something, go with it. Get the best you can. If you're a teacher, get become the best teacher you can become. 
if God starts to open things up as he did for Matt as a teenager, he began to walk into that and God has blessed him now years later. And he can see things that some of us can't because he's been walking there. You can get good at the gifts of the Spirit. Does that sound crazy? You can practice the gifts of the Spirit. You can practice speaking in tongues. You can practice prophecy. You can practice teaching and evangelism. God's given you a heart for evangelism and a call to do it. I hope He has for all of us, but a specific word to evangelize. Get good in it. I bless. I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what it is is... of the prophecy we're going to do is outside of here. It's in your everyday life. If you're a teacher, what what, what can the prophetic do for you? Knowledge of how to teach your kids better? Knowledge to give understanding, compassion to to a student, knowing what their background is? You're an engineer, creative ideas, how to do your company. Okay, Every area of your life, every job you're in, you need to hear from God. And you can use the prophetic in that. Here's some fun games. You're at a Twins game. I was there yesterday. Home opener. Practice the prophetic. No, I'm not, I'm not even joking. Hey, what, what's going to happen on this pitch, Lord? You going to get a hit? If so, where is it going to go? That's right. <laughs> Football game, it's three hours. Hey, maybe some of you don't like sports, but you're forced to watch them. Make a game out of it. Ask the Lord. Find fun ways to practice the prophetic. And if you don't like doing it at work, because you know, I don't like work, find something fun. Sporting events. There's so many games. You can. Who's going to win? All little things you can use to practice the prophetic. I like doing that. It's fun. The other night, there was an Amber Alert about three weeks ago. I practiced. I said, God, where is she? Who has her? I felt like it was a family member. Stepfather, uncle. I really felt uncle. I was like, it's an uncle. Where are they going to find her, Lord? I was like, eh, rest stop or gas station. Now, some of you may be in the boat that I'm in for that. Anytime there's a new arena where God starts speaking to me, I always go through doubt. Because now, it was it was her stepfather, not her uncle. It's totally wrong. They did find her at a gas station. But, in my head, I know 80% of people who are kidnapped are kidnapped by family members. And I know, in my head, that most people are found at gas stations or rest stops. So is it God or is it coincidence? When you start hearing from God and walking in the prophetic, the first step you go through is that doubt. Is this coincidence or is this not? Then you start moving into the gaining confidence, stepping out, stepping out, stepping out. Every new arena you start hearing from God in, it's the same thing. Complete skepticism, just mostly skepticism to less, to less, to faith, to boldness. Okay, that's it. That was done. Before we break up, I want us to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, some of you signed uh, the newbie sheet. Where is that by now? Okay, is there anybody new here tonight that didn't want it, that wants to get our update from week to week? If you did, we want you to sign that and then get it back to me. Anybody else new here that wants to sign up? Okay, he's going to split us up in just a minute. Put your hand just on his shoulder, someone near you. Put your hand on the shoulder. So that everybody's getting touched from somebody. And we want the we want the Holy Spirit who has been with us, who's who's among us, uh, 
to come upon us in a fresh way. We don't make anything happen, but we just welcome the Spirit. Matt's been talking about gifts, so we want those to increase in our midst. And the only way they can increase is by the Holy Spirit. He's the giver of gifts. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, come among us. You say it too now. Stir in our hearts, Holy Spirit, fire of God, stir in our hearts a deeper passion for you, a fire for the things of God. Stir in our heart, blow through like a wind, blow out those things that do not belong. Give us a, a desire for you. Give us a drink. O oh, water of God, be poured out upon us. Refresh us. Let your oil fall upon us. Let your oil drench us. Refresh us. Encourage us. Focus our attention on you. Draw us away from sin and into your righteousness, into sanctification. Now as we split up, Give us discernment. Allow us to see something with your eyes. Give us eyes to see what you want us to see. And give us hearts that uh, desire to be used by you to live with integrity, to live with beauty, to live the fruit of the Spirit, even as we manifest the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to break up into small groups. Guys with guys, girls with girls. If there's any couples here, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for couples. So you can come on up. Pray with me. Get prayed for by me. Which could be awkward or not. But. So guys with guys, girls with girls, two or three. You can go in here. You can go in any of the other rooms. This will be kind of the way we end tonight. Um, it's 9.45. We go till 10, but you can go longer. And then what we do is if people want to stay in here, we pray in here as long as there are people to pray for. If we're going to talk, there's plenty of room out here. Go out here, there's food in the kitchen. We've got a little bowl there if you want to give for the ministry. It doesn't go to us. It goes to blessing people that have needs. It goes to helping people go on mission trips. So... Uh, you're welcome to give to that. Glad to have you here. So. Okay.